Hey, hey, hey. We are on episode 15 and we have made this hey, hey, hey thing such a cringe. Well, cringy. It's just, it's become our intro. We cringe intro. at ourselves. We cringe it's at ourselves. Like... It's, uh, I don't know. I, I hope you guys like the hey, hey, hey intro. Anyway, moving on. Here we are. We're at episode 15, which is a good sign because it has a five in it. And five is my favorite number. So it's a good episode. It's going to be great. And the topic of today's episode is, drum roll please, Mariah. Did we get a prenup? Ooh. <laughs> Juicy. We guys, we know you guys want to know the juice. And after we uh, mentioned that we would do this episode, I don't know, like five, six, seven episodes ago, you guys have been on our tails, at least on mine. I've been getting mm-hmm. so many messages about how do you do marriage finances and what did you guys do? Right. And that's the thing. We're also going to be touching upon marriage finance stuff too and sharing some personal stuff as well. This is a, mm-hmm. a personal podcast. Yeah. And it is, I feel like a little bit, I feel vulnerable, like sharing. It's an intrusive subject. Yeah. You know? you can get judged so hardcore either way. Like yeah. we could say, yeah, we got a prenup and it would be judgmental. We could say, no, we didn't get a, pre- a prenup and people would judge that as well. Yeah, true. So tough either way. Yeah, we're giving, we're, we're, we're writing an interesting line here where we're diving in beyond the borders that we would normally ever talk about. But we do because we want to help. Yeah, obviously. that's really the purpose of why we're even the sex episodes and this kind of stuff. It's like these are subjects that other people aren't addressing and we want to address them. Someone's got to do it. Yeah. I wish some I wish I had some kind of references like this as well yeah, when too. we were deciding. And that's the other thing. Our finances and the advice we give here could evolve. This is what's currently workable for us. We're learning still. We're a young couple. I mean, finances with kids or, you know, people have such complicated finances. Maybe there was a divorce involved and there. who knows? There's so many different things. So we're giving it from our aspect and maybe there'll be certain things that certain couples or even single people can take away. Yeah, and I think we have kind of a unique setup. At least for me, I never heard of it before, which mm-hmm. obviously that's going to be your role to talk about. I think why what got me excited to talk about it was like people can then get an idea of another option. Correct. It's not so black and white anymore. Yeah, exactly. So, that's so true. Yeah. So before we dive into the juice, I want to explain, first of all, a few principles that we think with when it comes to money, because money is a tender subject. I think that money and probably sex are kind of the most tender, can be kind of hard, twisted. There's a lot of baggage often that comes with those two subjects and money can be one of them and I want to talk a little bit about how I look at it so that it's not quite so heavy. The first thing in my perspective is I don't want money to have pressure on it. I don't want it to be a subject that is heavy and hard because if I surround it with heaviness and hardness then that's what I'm going to get. Mm -hmm. Even when times are tough and I've been independent and on the very low income side when I kind of started being independent when I was younger and even then it I, I never got heavy about the fact that I didn't have money. It was kind of like, all right, you know, even now, even in COVID times when times are tougher or even when things were great, I still wasn't rich, not even close yet, but never did it get heavy. That's the first thing. I never allowed it to. And one other thing I want to add, just skipping around a little bit, is this subject is, it could be hours, okay? We could be talking about money and finances for so many episodes. This is an overview. We'll deep dive into certain subjects down the line. Before I continue, Mariah, what do you kind of yeah, I was just our all of our episodes up to now haven't really been like super. It's been general. It's a new podcast, so we're just giving you guys a general picture of what we our thoughts are 
and right. hopefully it's interesting to you guys. And then later in later episodes, it will be great to really pick one thing that we talked about and deep dive into it. Exactly, yeah. especially based on listener feedback. So yes. if you're interested, do subscribe and follow because there's going to be more and more and we're planning on doing this for a while. Yeah, and I checked our Apple Podcast reviews because guys, yeah. if you have an iPhone, you have the Apple Podcast app and you can write a review just like you would write a review for an app. And we got some really cool ones that yeah. weren't from my parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. They were great. They were really, really nice. It yeah. means a lot. It keeps us going. keeps yeah. us young. <laughs> now, back to the money subject. So the first thing, don't get heavy and pressurized. Even when times are tough, remember, you're playing a game. And even when times are tough, the best way out of it is to stay as light and as upbeat as you can get yourself. Force yourself to sort of smile through it. You can handle a no money situation in a depressed way or you can handle it in a happy way. They mm -hmm. both take the same amount of energy. You're awake. You can do it either that way or that way. Your odds are in your favor when you do it in a happy way. So don't get too depressed about tough money situation. Yeah, when you're light and not very serious about it, it's almost like the universe plays the game with you and like right. drops off extra money randomly. You'll find money in your pocket or whatever <laughs> versus the person that's so serious cannot get money no matter what they do yeah you put up these walls around you and the other way is you have like a little hunger game care packages that come down <laughs> yeah really when you're open to it and I know that that sounds a little airy-fairy, like be happy and the universe will send you things. But believe me, walls get put up when you get heavy. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's the first thing. The next kind of broad idea is the idea that when you are working on your finances with yourself, this is if you're single or even with a partnership, basically you need to understand, first of all, what your expenses are. The first thing you need to figure out are what are your expenses. If you can delineate your expenses, you will then know how much income you need to make. And the rule is you do not spend more than you make. So avoid as much as possible debt. And we can talk about debt further in another episode and also how to get out of debt. It's an interesting topic. Yeah, that's cool. So again, subscribe and follow because <laughs> there will be an episode on that. But in the meantime, even if you already are in debt or whatever, do your best to not spend more than you make. Cut down expenses, increase your income. You need to define your income based on your expenses. If you know you need to make $1,000 a month because that's your expenses, then go make a thousand and one. You get the idea? Yeah, totally. So that's that. Overview subjects. Again, we can deep dive into all of them. Yeah, I would love to deep dive into that one day. Me too. And just as a side note, we just started the show called Undercover Billionaire. And basically, he's a billionaire and he gets dropped off in the middle of this town with only $100 and a crappy truck. And he has to set up a whole life for himself and create a million dollar business in 90 days. It's an incredible, very real reality TV show. And you should check it out. But the reason I'm saying that is literally the first thing he did when he arrived is, okay, what are going to be my expenses living here? It for was, the full three months. For the full for three months. Month. Yeah, he said, look, the first thing I need in order to create any money and to be in a headspace to grow a new business is I need to be able to survive. Yeah, he's like, if you're worried about survival, you can't grow anything from that. You're just constantly in survival. You can't create beyond that. Which is exactly right. So true. And he's not talking now about surviving and living large. He just means survival. And he was willing to start small and start basic. But he said, these are my expenses. $3,300 for three months. It's $1,100 a month. First of all, that's the money he had to make. So it's interesting. That's how you need to think with it. No job is beneath you. And he just started to make an income based on what his expenses are. And now we'll see what happens in the show. Yeah. We're just finished episode one. All right. So <laughs> moving on. So the next thing. I wanted to chat about is well the beginning phase was us dating and how it was with dating so first of all babe is there anything you want to say about how we managed our finances while dating 
We spoke about it in our other podcast about, mm-hmm. I don't even remember what it was, finances while in a relationship. Something, something like that. One of them. Yeah. yeah. So listen to One that if you 15. have it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so listen to, to that for the full thing. But just an overview is we really split everything 50-50 yeah. to the point where like I would sell things just to fly over to Seagal because I didn't want him like paying for my tickets or whatever. Or if we split the ticket, I wanted to make sure I could do my part. Yeah. Oh, maybe this was in the Gold Digger episode, I think. Oh, maybe that's yeah. it. Check the Gold Digger episode out oh yeah yeah that yeah. is it and yeah and that's pretty much it in a nutshell we really split everything there wasn't a situation where i felt like he's the guy he should pay yeah exactly and i just want to say from a guy's perspective what i noticed about mariah is she was never like into anything for the money she never asked me how much money i made we never discussed it and i always noticed that she was really responsible with her money and her spending she never overspent she was okay with cutting expenses when we like when she needed to or when we needed to or whatever it was really like she was aware of that so i think that's amazing you're welcome and And i feel like i also was i cared about yours as well like mm -hmm. when you did want to like if we went on a trip that I couldn't afford and you're like no 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 I'll, I'll pay more I, I really didn't want you to yeah sometimes you, know? you didn't even want me to which is a good sign I mean I personally wouldn't want a girl that like isn't caring about the money like I think you need some responsibility there yeah. some degree of being aware of how much you're spending and being okay with cutting it down or increasing the income yeah right it's not about saving three dollars on your Starbucks it's about make six dollars more yeah you get what I'm saying mm-hmm. so that was that but I do want to say that it was balanced out as well with ensuring that there is enough money to spend and enjoy things Mm -hmm. and it reminds me of that one story that you told me about your that your dad when you were younger or something like that yeah so before I met Gal I was working and I had this thing I was very into saving money I just got out of high school and I was I knew I needed a savings and then whatever anyway I went years without spending money out and of high school or during high school? This was out of high school. Oh, wow. It was like, yeah, because I met you. It was the first year out of high school. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it was before I met you. Okay. I remember because that's why I bought Benny. Ah, Yeah, okay. so it was during that time. So right after I graduated and I was saving, I was like, I need to build up a savings. I want to get a house. I want to. I had all these like big things. Mm-hmm. So I went a really long time just working, like crazy hours. Not like super crazy. Now I work crazier hours. But to me at the time, it was like crazy hours and I didn't go out and spend. I didn't want to go out to bars and blow money on alcohol. I didn't want to go shopping, nothing. And I went into like a depression. Mm-hmm. I did have hobbies, but I didn't want to spend money on them. Right. I didn't want to like, I got really depressed. My dad's like, you can't work and not spend and enjoy. Like you're not even going to want to make money if you're not spending it. What makes you want to make money is the fun stuff that you get. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, spend your money. Don't overdo it. Obviously save. He gave me the idea of like save 75% and pay 20 and spend 25. Oh, cool. Okay. So I started doing that. I started shopping. I bought a dog. Uh-huh. And then it's just like I made more money. I was more excited about life. I was just so much like happier and lighter. Yeah. And the principle, that's a cool story because the principle behind that is that money is an energy and money flows. Okay. Money comes and goes. It's a flow. If you hold on to it, it won't continue to flow. You can only give what you have, Mm -hmm. right? And you can only have whatever you give. You don't actually have something unless you can give it away. True. Like you don't have food if you're not willing to then eat it. It's actually not your food then. What are you doing with it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It'll go bad. It'll spoil. In the same way, money needs to flow. 
flow. So whether it's flowing towards investments or savings, I'm not saying spend all your money, obviously, but keep the flow going. Don't just hold to it because it won't flow. But now that's where we go back to make sure you budget right. I hope that that makes sense for everyone listening. And if you have any questions, of course, DM us. And again, we'll cover this more. Now we're dating and everything was very kind of split right. And only when we were a week before getting married, literally (laughs) before the wedding day a week, I sat down with Mariah and for the first time in the whole relationship and she never asked. And you were so excited. I was so excited. (laughs) I was like, finally. I mean, I don't know why we didn't do it sooner. He's like, you want to do it today? I'm like, no, not today. Yeah. (laughs) I was so excited. It was really cool for me. And we finally were like, all right. Let's now talk about the finances. And I said, look, this is where I'm at. Here's where my savings are at. Here's how much I'm making, et cetera, et cetera. And Mariah kind of broke down again where she's at. She had told me a little bit before. I mean, she told me about it before. Basically, we all laid it out and we said, all right, let's work out a system. Okay, of how we are splitting our finances now as a married couple. And Mariah was so hesitant. I was all about like, yeah, we're one. All the money goes together into one pile and everything is shared. And for because we were so 50-50 throughout the relationship, Mariah was very kind of hesitant about doing it that way. And even though both of our parents work with that system where they're one, it's kind of one bank account and it's shared and that's sort of the general idea. They have other systems in place too between them, but I'm just saying that's the overarching idea. We said, all right, what's a good system where Mariah will feel comfortable? I think the feeling is, look, if you want to go and do your nails, you don't want to feel like you're taking out of my money. Not like you ever made me feel like that ever, but I I just, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. One of my principles, again, is not to put pressure on money. Like, I'm not going to tell Mariah in any way, like, don't spend that or you're spending too much. If anything, you tell me to spend something. Yeah, I'm like, go ahead and do it. And uh, But again, I know it's within our budget. Mm -hmm. I am very tight on the money. I know what's happening with the money. So I am aware that if you want to go and spend it, it's fine. Mm -hmm. We've we've allocated money towards that. So, and by the way, the more money you have, you should be, your budgets can expand a little bit, but you need to be strict also, even Mm -hmm. if you have a lot of money. And even if you have a little, you need to be, know what's happening with your money. Yeah. I check my bank accounts literally every day. So that should give you an idea of how much I want to know what's going on. And a little, I don't know if you'd say fun fact, but something that we did. So Gal and I, as you have heard, we were both very independent with how we spent money. I Mm -hmm. had my idea of how I wanted to spend and Gal's really responsible and had his way but so when we got married in order in, in order not to have like a headbutt of like no this is how I want we made an agreement and the agreement so basically here's the thing the man might be the head of the house but the woman is the neck and the <laughs> neck can move the head whichever way she wants <laughs> sorry I just had to throw that in there it's from my big fat Greek wedding it's a classic line but you do have to have a boss of an area that's yeah. the point you have because to have the not, head you'll get stuck you won't have movement sometimes exactly businesses that have no leader don't have a decision maker Mm -hmm. so the way to do that in a relationship is people are the heads of certain divisions or categories of the relationship right and what we decided is that in the future mariah is the head of the kids the head of and right now the head of the house yeah which makes sense because i would be spending the most time in the house yeah and And you have your own work by the way and you're the head of your work and everything like that yeah yeah But yeah, with the kids, it makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And basically, in the future, if Mariah says the kids have to go to bed at 8 and I want to say 8.30, if Mariah says 8, it's 8. 
Okay, mm-hmm. that's that's the bottom line. Now, obviously, it doesn't mean anything's aggressive or put the rules in. We'll talk it out and we'll always come up with something we agree, but she is the final decision maker. Those same principles apply to finances. What we said is when it comes to final decision making on finances, it's me. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about how we do our finance split and whatever and how we do it right now in the marriage. But at the ultimate decision, if we're not sure what to do, it'll be my call to say, yes, we spend or no, we don't. Yeah. And it's not because you're the guy and I'm the girl. It's really not just what worked for us. Gal has been has way more experience and has made way better choices with money than me. Even though I consider myself very responsible, he's. I, very I don't good. think I've made wrong. I mean, I don't think you've made wrong no, choices. No, I'm or, saying you're more experienced. Like you experience. Did. No, but you said I've made better choices, and I want to just validate oh, you and say you. you haven't made wrong choices. It's just there's been many years. I've done a few more. I have a few more years on you. I'm uh, five years older than you. I who's, should know this. Only four. Well, yeah. yeah anyway. Okay. Somewhere. So I've had a, four more years of experience in business, which maybe is not that much, but. Anyway, it worked for us. That's mm-hmm. the point here. That's what we decided. And in your relationship, it could be that the woman is the final decision maker on the money. And maybe yeah. the guy runs the house. It doesn't mean anything. That's just what we decided. Yeah. Also, by the way, part of my responsibility in terms of being in charge of the money is also I also need to make the money. So while Mariah might beat me at making the money in, in reality or whatever, I need to ensure, bottom line, that we have more money than we spend. That's my role. Whoever does it, whatever, generally it's more on me and my goal is for it to always be me more heavily. I, I, I have an internal competition <laughs> where I just want to be Mariah. But even if she does, as long as we are just in a viable, meaning we're making enough to survive amount of money, then I'm fulfilling at least my role. And there's other roles that Mariah is the head of and other roles that I'm the head of. Just right now, I'm explaining how we do it with finances. Yeah. I hope that that's also something to think with. That's the first thing. So we said, all right, then how do we create a system for us that'll work as a married couple? So what we have is a bit of a different setup. And I think it's going to be interesting for you guys because we wanted to do something that we felt would be workable in this sort of way that we all feel that we are a family and we have a family account and that we still have, in a way, our individualities as well. And the idea here is, well, I'll talk about the prenup soon and exactly kind of what the whole story there is. But this is the principle of what we wanted to achieve, first of all. We wanted to say, look, I should have an account that's mine. Mariah should have an account that's hers. In reality, we are one. We think of ourselves as one. However, we still wanted to have individual accounts. And then an account, if you think about it, a third account in the middle. That was the idea. The account in the middle is designed toward paying for our mutual expenses. And a majority of the money in reality goes to there, right? You can think of it as 90% of our money would go into there, right? Let's say that I earn $500 and Mariah earn $500. We would, let's just say, each keep 100 and, okay, 80% would go into this middle one, right? Which would be $800. That $800 goes toward our housing expenses. It goes toward food, entertainment, travel, uh, savings together, investments together, that kind of a thing. So that's the middle one. Now, the individual ones, that's just for our own spending, our own decisions. If at any point, let's say that Mariah now is making more money than I am and I need more money in my individual account, then Mariah could send me some over and the other way around as well. That's kind of what we wanted to achieve, right? This way that there's something shared, but there's also individuality because Mariah might go and book a job and she earns $1,000 and now she wants to go and do her hair and nails or to buy a new camera or whatever. That shouldn't be connected to me as it's up to her to make. Yeah, I think why we, well, for me, why I want it so much is I have seen couples or, or whatever that they're like, yeah, he want, she wanted to buy a new truck and I just thought it was dumb or 
whatever. And it's like, if it's yours and you know it's like your set, you can't really say anything about it. Yeah, exactly. So that it, it kind of created a cool separation but the reality is the overarching idea that we have is the truth is it's all one yeah. we're all one sharing it's just to do it that way so it kind of creates a fun nice split as a way to measure it, okay so sometimes i mean in reality mariah did a job the other day and it went the money went into my personal account so we share it but that's the sort of idea is that there is a way to split the money up mm-hmm. okay and we keep a tab on the spending so that we each kind of have enough for our own stuff and enough for the joint accounts yeah so that's the idea. If you want more info about it, we can break it down further. But that should at least start kind of getting the bubbles going in your mind or whatever. <laughs> get the juices flowing of like, oh, okay, interesting that, that that's what they're doing. So now let's get into the prenup. Okay. So in South Africa, it's called a anti-nuptial contract. We got married under the rules of South Africa. Anti means pre. It's a Latin word. So it's pre-nup, nup stands for nuptial. Nuptial means marriage. So you make this contract before, pre meaning before, your marriage. Okay? Now, some people decide not to do a prenup, which basically means that when you get married, everything gets shared. Everything. Everything for good and for bad. So if I, as an entrepreneur, go and get into crazy debt and bankruptcy and things just go terribly wrong, well, too bad. Mariah's in it too because everything is shared, right? On the flip side, if I become a billionaire, well, Mariah's in for that too and she gets half. So it's shared 50-50 for good and for bad. There's also other aspects of not getting a prenup where if someone gets an inheritance, let's just say, then everyone shares that inheritance, which could be a good thing or not. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's there's benefits and you need to go and sit with someone who understands that and do some online research like we did and understand what the both sides of them are. OK. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like we kind of did a in the middle. We did an in the middle, which I'm going to let you completely take over because <laughs> obviously I, I get it. But I want to I don't want to mess anything technical up. Yeah, I mean, you. I, I feel like you do know it, and you can feel free to, to chime no, in whenever. Chime but in if you'd like me there. to take over, I, with pleasure. Yeah, I want you to take over just because I know also you just know it like the back of your hand. Okay, I feel like I've talked a lot in the podcast. Are you okay with that? Yeah, no, I okay. want you to go for it because I want it all to be 100% correct. And for me, it took us, like, we had a lot of meetings with the attorney for me to get it. Yeah, we sat with the attorney. It also took me time to understand, and we read through the contracts and so forth. So the answer to the question is, We did get a prenup, but a unique kind of way because South Africa has a unique option, which can also be done in the U.S. You Mm -hmm. can create in the U.S. You can create any kind of contract you want here. You kind of can, too, but they have sort of set ways. And I'll explain how it is here. And it'll no matter where you are in the world, you can probably create it, too. Yeah, it's really cool because also I just want to add that for me. A prenup sounded like the girl's a gold digger and you need a prenup to keep safe. This is like safe for entrepreneurs and stuff like that. It's just, he'll get into it, but it's a really cool, like, don't write it off just because it says the word prenup because I know it kind of hurt my feelings when I first heard it. Right. Yeah. Prenup has a stigma. Even to me, it's not about like the gold, the girl's a gold digger. To me, prenup has this stigma of like, okay, so you're already assuming you're going to get a breakup. You're already assuming you're going to get a divorce. You're already assuming someone's going to steal, whatever. My point of view is not that. My point of view is there's rules that people have made 
these mistakes before in marriage and different kinds. And people have learned from that. And they said, all right, how do we make sure that the man and the woman are both protected? Mm -hmm. And how can we make the benefit of the law so that the marriage doesn't have any crazy, like again, heaviness around the money? There's an agreement up front when everyone is happy and rational. They came up with an agreement of what would make sense in the 0.001% chance that things go wrong. Up front, it was agreed when everybody was rational and clear-headed what the fair way is to handle it as well as to protect the spouses from situations like an entrepreneur going bankrupt or things that we'll explain further. Mm -hmm. So that was the idea. We are not intending to get a divorce or to ever use this, but it was just a way to differentiate even other things, not only in the case of divorce, Mm -hmm. which I'll explain. So the first thing is inheritance, okay? The whole idea here is if Mariah gets an inheritance, it should really be hers. It's her family passing things down to her, right? That that is, I don't want to have the right to decide Decide what she does with what her parents or grandparents that have earned it wanted to give to her. Mm-hmm. Why should I have control over that? Mm-hmm. And vice versa, right? It just is more fair. Because imagine if it was my decision and I did things that she didn't like and it, it could get messy. So the one thing, for example, in our agreement, which is standard here in South Africa, is inheritances are automatically belonging to the individual, mm-hmm. not to the joint marriage. Yeah. And then if I decide to give it to you or gift it to you, then I, then I can. Correct. So she can gift some of it to me and that's fine. It's a gift, right? So again, that's just an example of it doesn't just mean for divorce. This just is good rules to have in place that just keeps things flowing correctly and on agreed upon way. So we like that personally. Now, some people might agree not to get a prenup or whatever. Totally fine. I get it. This is kind of what we went with. So I want to explain the options again. So first of all, no prenup whatsoever. You get married, everything is 50-50. The other way is you can make an agreement where you are just completely separate individuals under every circumstance, okay? So in South Africa, there's something called an anti-nuptial agreement without accrual and with accrual. Accrual basically means that from the point of your marriage onwards, whatever you build together or separately, anything that gets built as a couple is called an accrual. Accrual meaning it adds on. So if Mariah and I both started at zero money and we got married and now we created, I created a business, right? Now that we're married, I created a business that is worth a million dollars. That is what has accrued since we got married. If Mariah goes and starts a brand for herself that has a $1 million value, then again, so you get the idea. Now that's accrual. So there's with accrual and without. Without means that doesn't matter that you guys are married. Whatever you guys build is still individual. But what we did is with accrual. We said, look, we both started with something. Whatever we started with is ours. It was before the marriage. Now, whatever we do from this point forward is together because Mariah might have one role. I might have another and I now go and make money, but she had another role in the family, but I couldn't make that amount of money without her doing her role. So whatever we earn now, now going forward, whatever we build, whatever property we get, it's now 50-50 going forward. And on top of that, there's the inheritance protection and there's other kind of subtleties that we wanted to speak about and ensure. And that is the agreement that we basically went with. Then the other thing is, let's say we did earn together now that we're married. We now have $100,000 in our savings. So technically, it's split what we've earned, right? And there's more technical aspects to it. But however, if now out of the $100,000, I go and buy Mariah a $1,000 watch, let's just say. That is now Mariah's. That is forever Mariah's. It's not like later I can come to her and say, but wait, that $1,000 watch, I want $500 of it. No, I gifted that to her. It became hers. If Mariah one day goes and buys me a house and it's in my name, then that's it. It's my house. She can't later come back and say, I want 50% of it. Yeah. 
So, even though we bought it with both of our money. Correct. Even though we bought it with both of our money. So mm-hmm. that's where it can get interesting as well because gifts then truly are gifts. Yeah. And you want to go into like if a family member gives a gift, kind of like the inheritance, but it's still something to... Correct. If my dad goes and buys me a Rolex, again, it's mine now. I got the Rolex. It's mine down the line. Mariah can't come and say I want part of it. Mm-hmm. Same oh, with money. Same well. with money. Yeah. Anything like that, which is a good way again to protect because it is fair that way. So we really looked at it as not what is the most like aggressive form of agreement that we could put in place. We just looked at what would be fair. And that seemed fair to us. Yeah, I think it's what's also cool is it kind of puts both of our responsibility in Mm -hmm. because it makes us both feel accountable for the relationship versus sometimes what I think feel that can happen is one person may get comfortable with the other person making the money and then it yeah exactly we both need to be involved and be a part of it and now the other thing is let's say that i now go and get bankrupt if in a far if if i were to go bankrupt i'm an entrepreneur and everything just goes totally wrong it won't affect mariah it doesn't mean mariah is now bankrupt we've separated ourselves on a legal perspective in that way so she's protected and vice versa but we share the money aspect as we grow so that's the idea yeah and I think that's so smart and such a almost obvious thing because I even know when my dad and I were starting a company or my dad wanted to make ideas it, it becomes a worry for the family you know, mm-hmm. as for it's great to have this in place to like kind of then only one person's getting the hit. Yeah, in a way. exactly. Exactly. And the other thing is we kind of decided up front before we got into the relationship on, OK, based on what we already have in savings, etc., what is joint and what isn't. Like we had a property, uh, three properties, and one of them we said, look, that should actually be both of ours because we actually got that property during our relationship, during the later part of our relationship. Mm -hmm. Even though we weren't married yet, we were like, look, that whole thing, I mean, Mariah was just as involved and we wanted to have her be a part of that as well. Mm -hmm. So that was the idea. Up front, we decided what is shared, what isn't, and we kept it split like that, which Mm -hmm. was really nice. So I don't know if we, I feel like we've covered it well, but I don't know if there's so much more to talk about. I feel like there's so much, but I, yeah. Yeah, look, it's a whole legal thing. But the idea here is to get the juices flowing to explain what we did. In South Africa, it's called out of community of property, meaning we are not joined fully in one. We're still individuals, but with accrual, meaning what we build now together, that we'll connect. But yeah, we're still individuals. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting way of doing it. If anyone wants more info, please just message us and we can explain more. That's how we did it. It doesn't mean we're getting a divorce. It doesn't mean that we don't love each other. It doesn't mean that anyone's a gold digger. It means that we thought through different scenarios and wanted to do something that makes sense and protects everyone and is helpful and healthy for the relationship and makes us more responsible. And so there's so many interesting aspects to these agreements, but just a couple more kind of fun facts. In South Africa, they don't recognize cheating as a reason that breaks the agreement. That's just the law here doesn't. But you can add certain things. And one of the things that it's not even, we didn't even have to add it. It was part of the agreement is if I, let's just say things go (laughs) terribly wrong again, now this is going to happen. Let's say I cheat and I'm now buying a woman the like rings and things like that. Mariah technically has a claim because I'm taking from the money that has been built up in our marriage and giving it to someone else. That is not not that other woman's. That's partially 50% Mariah's. Mm -hmm. You get it? So there's ways to protect against doing stupid stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, What else was there? Hiding money, like having secret bank accounts. I remember listening just quickly Mm -hmm. like to 93.3 radio station. And the guy was like, I have a separate account to go buy stuff that my wife doesn't let me buy. (laughs) 
He's like, I put in a chunk of my savings or my paycheck and I tell her I don't make as much money. Right. Yes. I mean, and that's what I mean. Like the law has gone through these scenarios <laughs> so that, so for example, none of us could do that in our relationship. I can't go and set up an account and just not claim it. If I do, it's really illegal and it's not fair again. It's mm-hmm. wrong to do. So the law can protect in different ways and you can add and customize certain things. You can't put in things that are not with the law. Like for example, here in South Africa, if the law says that if you cheat, it doesn't now mean that the whole contract is canceled. You can't put in, if he cheats, the contract is canceled. You can't do that. But there are certain rules that you can use that are just fair. So that's the idea. And again, I almost feel like I would have liked to cover this even deeper somehow. But we've given a pretty in-depth overview and we did get pretty personal. Yeah, I know when we finish this, we're going to be like, oh, remember this? Remember that? Yes. Because I know for sure we're missing stuff. We are. But, but you know what? At the end of the day, we touched upon a lot and we got a little uncomfortable in the conversation by just discussing the subject, mm-hmm. which I like to be outside of the comfort yeah, zone. So too. all good. It's good. I'm always pushing the limits on social medias and stuff. So. Oh, baby. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that. yeah, again, the idea. The idea here is just to give information that helps. Yeah. And I hope that we did that through our discomfort. If you enjoyed this podcast, let us know in however way you can think of, whether it's DMing us or leaving a great review or sharing it. You know, just WhatsApping the podcast to someone means the world. Like, hey, you should listen to this, any of our episodes. Thank you. Thank you for doing so. A lot of you guys have. So I know that you guys have told me and a lot of friends and strangers are listening. So thank you. Yeah, guys. Thank you so much. It means a lot. And the adventure continues. Thank you.